can save. You alone can rescue. We worship you. God, we just give ourselves to you over and over and over again. We yield to you, Jesus. We yield to you tonight, Lord. Praise you, Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb to receive glory and honor, blessing and power and dominion forever. Jesus, come and take dominion tonight, Lord. Take dominion in our hearts in this place of worship. We just come and submit under your lordship tonight. Let the government that is upon your shoulders come upon us. Govern our lives, King Jesus. We don't want to rule ourselves, God. We don't want to mess it up. going to take communion in just a few minutes here, but I just, I want to share with you guys what I was uh, seeing in worship tonight. I'm sure everyone in the room was catching a glimpse of something, but I was just seeing the, the robe of, of God, the robe of God the Father, just moving and wrapping around us, just like encircling and wrapping around each one of us, going in between and all around. And I just felt like he was clothing us with his presence. Just just this sweeping around and just such a gentle, loving father just wrapping us up in his safety and in his protection. And then after that, I saw each one of us standing like an army of, of men and women just standing in the presence and it looked like, to me, it looked like Roman centurions, but they were angels, and there's one on each side of each one of us. And they were picking up, uh, I guess it would be like a cloak, a royal cloak, and I saw a crown and like the mantle, the royal mantle being placed on each one of us. things regarding this. Mark 16 says, these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. 
They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. They will lay hands on the sick and heal them. So these are parts of what Jesus has provided for us on the cross. John said in 3 John verse 2, Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way, that you, are con- that you continually enjoy good health, just as your soul is prospering. So I believe that's another facet of what Jesus has provided for us from his kingdom towards the earth, that we would have good health and that we would have a prosperous soul, a prosperous mind. And I just, I typed these up earlier today when I was here preparing. I did not give you a spirit of fear, the Lord says, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. This is your inheritance, a sound mind, peace, the shalom of heaven, which is the perfect well-being of God body, soul, and spirit fully aligned with heaven. Jesus on the cross provided for you salvation. A complete sozo is available to be released and received to you, or by you. He saved you, he healed you, and he delivered you. And tonight we're gonna declare what he has done for us, even when we don't yet see it. See, we're not a people who call out what we're currently experiencing because anybody can do that. That's not what a prophetic people do. That's just people who have good observation do. But we prophesy. We see what, what is in heaven, that, that which is not yet in our current experience, and we prophesy it. We speak to the dead bones. We say, come alive. We say, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. You know, we speak to our circumstances. We declare over our bodies, over our minds, over our soul, the things that Jesus paid for. And we pull it from heaven into our experience by faith and through the power of the declaration. So when we don't yet see it, we pull heaven into earth through the faith-filled declaration, standing in our authority, as those seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. So let's go ahead and and, uh, excuse everyone to come forward and grab your communion elements and take it back to your seat. And we're going to hold the communion elements. So go ahead and come forward now. Don't be shy. There you go. Boldness. back to your seat with you and we're gonna we're gonna worship just a little longer with our communion elements
what I shared before we came up and grabbed this. I just want to stir you to, to remembrance and to think upon what the Lord has provided for you, what your portion is. And as we worship together, I'm just inviting you with the song that we're about ready to, to go into, um, to take it as you, as you desire when you're ready. But I would like each one of us just to interact with the Lord, to hold the communion elements before whatever situation it is you need heaven to come breaking in on. Whether it's physical healing or things of the mind, things of you know maybe stress, anxiety, um, discouragement, you know, the mind, the soul, or even if it's a spiritual attack, Jesus is your deliverer. He is your rescuer, your mighty God, your defender. He will deliver you from every demonic force. And so whatever it is, body, soul, spirit, just hold the communion elements before the Lord tonight because this is the price that Jesus paid to make it available. All of the riches of the heavenly realm have been, have been released to us, according to Ephesians 1.3. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm is our inheritance through Christ. So you can choose to sit or stand, uh, but let's just allow the, the worship song to uh, minister and lead us into that, that interaction with the Lord. should have said it a little louder when you're ready during worship while you're worshiping you could take it I want to encourage everyone to take communion as often as you can when you're at home if you don't have grape juice it's okay just get some water bread whatever just have some time with the Lord declare his his cross over not only your own life but over family members who need healing um, tonight we just we stand with Mariah's Aunt Wendy we, we heard a, a turn for not so good. Um, she ended up in, in the hospital on a ventilator still. Okay. Yeah. So there's nothing that's too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too difficult for thee. You guys remember that song? Great and mighty God. There's nothing too difficult for him. You know, his arm is not too short. He has a long arm. <laughs> so why don't you guys come stand right in the middle here. I would like, especially um, those of you that know these guys, including Ethan and my kids, um, my kids, Ethan and my kids. <laughs> my kids, Ethan or an Oscar, if you guys would come up too. But I'd like to get as many of you guys to come around, especially if you feel like you might get a prophetic word for them. I just want to um, pray for them, and then they're going to get out of here. They're going to hit the road because they got stuff to do. So I want you guys come on up and surround them. Stick a hand on them. If you have a word, just... Uh, okay, we can give you guys a couple chairs. So they're going to sit in the hot seats here. In fact, you could face. Okay, if you wanted to face each other, you could, but either way. So if you feel like you're getting a word for them, put your hand up and I'll put the microphone in your hand. You guys come squeeze in here too. Come on, guys. All you in the back there too. I need the powerhouse in the back there to get up here. <laughs> awesome. You want to start? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, Father, we just, God, we know you love these two. 
God, just continue to set their plans in place. Help them to hear when to turn and when not to turn, Father. God, set them in a house that loves them, where they can thrive and, and bloom into what you call them. God, I pray for opportunity upon opportunity with Alex's family, Father. God, I pray right now that you would start softening their hearts. God, that they would receive you, Father, that Alex and his household will serve the Lord. God, I pray protection over their travels. God, and just for peace, for peace just to come. Pour your presence over them. I just see just the Holy Spirit just softening hearts right now. Softening hearts. just thank you for these two these these two encouragers I say thank you for their hearts Lord their, their hearts to be willing to um, go where you lead them I just thank you God I thank you that their hearts are in your hand and we just bless their marriage God we bless their union we bless their seed their future we declare fruitfulness over them. Body, soul, spirit, even as we had communion tonight, God, we just declare fruitfulness and abundance would be released over them. Thank you, God, that your plans for them are, are for their good, plans for prosperity, never to harm. We know that's far from you, that you actually are releasing protection that your angels will go with them, that your hand will overshadow them. God, we just thank you for in advance for the provision, for the jobs that they need, for the, the church family that will not only love them, but that will call out the treasure and hold them to account for their ability, that the gifts and the calls of God in their lives would be called out and fanned into flame and ignited Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for the blessing that these two are. Just as the word has uh, been over this church of increase, I just see increase over you guys. A wide, a, a wide, spacious place that you'll be going into. I don't know exactly how that is pictured, but um, it's increase and that you will, you will prosper and that you will, let me think of what the words he's saying. Abundance, I see abundance. Um, I see you guys, you're going over there in another level of authority and anointing from what you've gained here, you're being stood up over there. So don't look back to the way things were in the past. You guys are going forward where God is taking you. You've come up and matured. So don't let those old mentalities or familiar things drag you down. Maintain the spirit of joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I just wanna to speak to Benton County Franklin County, to Pasco, Richland, and Kennewick, and Benton City Prosser, that's where I grew up, that the doors would be wide open. Your path there would be free and clear, that you would find fruit and abundant fruit, that the churches that you need to be with, the body of Christ that is there, you will connect in a way that you haven't connected before. There will be new relationships that weren't there before. They were waiting for this time. Jesus. 
Alex and Mariah. It's the first time I said you guys' names. But uh, I just saw you guys driving over there. And God's saying, go ahead and plan out what you want to do. You know, I don't even know what you guys are going over there for. But God is saying, go ahead and plan it out and start speaking it, speak it in and out. He's bringing it to pass. And I believe that God, Mariah, you, you have a heart that you have to have a, a like a close friend, a girlfriend. And God has that for you over there. So, so I just see you that, that, that it's, it's going to be like a powerhouse. So, uh, and then Alex, uh, I, I want to say that there's a, a father figure, but someone that can uh, mentor you. Uh, that's what every young, young man, you know, husband, you know, we all need. And I believe that God is preparing that person for you. And they're right now, they're, they're praying for you. And they're going to help you with this transition. So I see that God has such great favor for both of you, that this change in your life, you're, you're finding it easy to release the past, change and embrace the future. Uh, you will be holding a place over there for which people have been praying for you to be there, to be in that place. In that congregation, there will be such fellowship. They will just embrace you. You will be you will be pillars in the community. People will look to you for guidance and look to you for the strength that you hold, the bond that you have together, and that you have turned your lives over to Jesus, that you have completely surrendered to God, and he holds you in great favor for, you, for that. So your lives will be easy. What, Anything that you wish will be manifested. It will just it will just pour from the Holy Spirit and fill every part of your lives. As Barbara was saying, there's a, a, a bond that's unbreakable with you two. I just saw like a rubber band, but it wasn't just a little one. It was like a really big white thick rubber band and it's very elastic and it is unbreakable and so i just declare that over you that your relationship is unbreakable that you two can be stretched in your relationship you can be stretched and you're not going to break you are not going to break so we just speak that over you you are your marriage is an unbreakable relationship <clears throat> thick and thin no matter what you go through you're going to hold fast together because you have the lord as the core a strand of three cords cannot be broken so this, you are a strand with the Lord, the, the three of you, the Lord Jesus and Alex and Mariah, you are a unbreakable cord. So we just bless you guys. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Anybody else got something before we say amen and kick them out the door? I still see that ministry, the two of you doing, that this can very possibly lead into that where you're going and um, I just think it's very selfish of you to leave but <laughs> and we have that on tape <laughs> all right well I know you guys want to get out of here right I mean if you want to linger around you can because we're gonna we're gonna keep going forward with things a little bit um, so it's up to you we can give you big hugs now and, and uh, let you go I'm not trying to push them out the door. Really, I'm not.
you did good, gang. You guys prophesied. You, you brought the presence of God into the room and added to what was already flowing in the room, including Alex and Mariah. There they go. There they go. Hey, just extend your hands towards them as they go. Just say fire, 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 fire of God. Yes. <laughs> she had a glass of water. Don't put out the fire with that. Awesome. All right. Well, you know, Christian, you and I were chatting before we blasted off the meeting. And you spoke some really encouraging words. Do you feel like you could repeat those words just over what you see in this house and what you feel the Lord is going to do? Come on up. You're the next contestant. I just... um. Well, during, during prayer time, we started praying, and it just felt like, well, I started praying that, uh, you know, Bremerton, they're, they're, it's really easy to get caught up in, like, a, uh, a welfare mentality and um, brokenness and get distracted. And I just felt like the enemy right now is just try, trying to distract this body and 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 take our eyes off of him and I, I told scott i said when i walked in here i could i could smell the presence i could smell the fragrance you you could feel the spirit and we don't need to be distracted we need to pr start praying for our body pr praying for each other and lifting each other up because the things that god's about to do with this body in this house you know satan wants to come kill and destroy and we have to keep our eyes on him. And, you know, it's it's easy to be on the mountaintop when we have uh, uh, prophets come through and, 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 and be all excited about things. But it's it's the normal things of life. If we, if we take our eyes off of him, you know, we get distracted real easy. And I just feel like this is a season where there, there's some sifting going on and we're, we have to start praying for each other and lifting each other up and power through it and keep our eyes on him and, and support our pastors. Keep them in prayer because they're human and they easily get distracted as well. It's not just all of us and, and our families, you know. Even on my way in, you know, it seemed like my whole family had something else to do. You know, like, but there is no condemnation in him, you know. Um, they did have plans and they were tired and you know but I'm here for Christmas morning and and when we when we started worshiping I mean God was faithful he walked through this place like we didn't even have to like pray sing a couple songs his presence was right there right when we started right off the bat we didn't have to like muster it up Jesus walked in and that's the best thing so we don't you know, we have to pray through this, but look at his face. Look at what God's doing. Look at his face. Don't look at the things around you. When you start getting distracted and you start worrying about things, look at his face because he is faithful. Is that what I was talking about? <laughs> Appreciate that, man. You sure can. Huh? It's sort of a testimony, but I've noticed in the last couple weeks in my life, and I think in Barb's too, there's been a real shift. And I think you just went through one. And uh, so I, f I feel that there's a shifting going on. And so I'm not quite sure what that looks like or what that really means. It's a good shift. Yeah. It's not, no, never mind. Uh, yeah. What I feel when I walk in here, the Lord has told me this is where I belong, but I feel the favor of God upon you. 
And that's a beautiful thing. If you look through the word, God put favor on certain people and the ones that he put the favor on, the favor of God. We all have favor of God with our Lord Jesus Christ, but I, I just want to encourage you that you have favor in this ministry. You have his favor. I, I don't know what that looks like, but it's really big. It's really beautiful. And I just want to tell you that I know God's calling me here, and I'm happy about it. I'm very, very happy. I because I trust the favor of God on your life, so. Yeah, you are. You guys are. You know, each one of us, individually and corporately, we are his inheritance. There's an inheritance in the saints. It's in us. <clears throat> so we all carry that significance and that, that blessing. Um, and I thank you for sharing that, um, what happened to you. And, you know, we love, we love the, the, I can't even think of their last names, the Cornells. <clears throat> We've spent time with them before and, and we know they're good people. And so, but we know, <clears throat> okay. But it, whether, whatever they're having happen out there, we just were excited for, for them. Um, they are taking territory in Mason County and God's blessing that. And, but we know that he has something for us, that we are, we are contending. The Lord had to correct me on this. I think it was this morning that we're not just trying to get the baby off the ground. Like the church is, the ground is broken and the church has been started. We're just contending for the increase that's been spoken over us. And whatever that looks like, um, you know, we're just going to go for it. And so, like what Christian shared, it's encouraging. So, you know, Tammy and I have faith for things that God has spoken to us. We we believe that that there is an open heaven <clears throat> over our gatherings, that the Holy Spirit always shows up. Um, we've learned to declare that over ourselves from house church to this point, that we're at whatever meeting, just practice declaring this for yourself. Any meeting that I lead, the Holy Spirit always shows up. It's true, but sometimes the heavens are closed or they feel closed because it's between here, between your ears. The only closed heaven is, in, is between your ears. It's when we realize what Jesus has paid for. Let me scoot down this way a little bit. We're just over here. We're going to preach these three. They need it more than you guys. <laughs> I'm joking. It's just... You know, as we come into that revelation, the spirit of God, the spirit of wisdom and revelation breaks in and, and breaks down the, the strongholds in our thinking. You know, we all have strongholds in our minds. We're in a, in a relationship with Jesus that, that will begin and end with a transformation. And the transformation comes through renewing the way we think until we think like Jesus. And Jesus had no problem walking into a place and and feeling like the heavens were open. He knew that he carried an open heaven with him everywhere he went. We do know that there was one place he went to where it was hard for him to do some miracles, but that's because they didn't receive him with honor. Yes, I listened to that message by that guy. He's, I don't know if you heard it, but anyway, that really I'll go into that another time because that's a big rabbit trail. But it's a podcast that Christian uh, suggested to listen to. And there's something about honor, you know, and where the spirit of the Lord is, he comes where there's honor. Honor, when we honor one another, when we honor the Lord and we don't fall into dishonor, um, the, the Lord blesses that. So anyway, we just, we have what God has given us and Sozo has what God has given them and the river has what God's given them and on and on and on. You know, there's more than enough of a harvest field in Bremerton and Kitsap and Mason and Pierce. There's, there's, we're gonna need more churches. So when the harvest is, well, we know the harvest is ripe and ready now, but when, when God really begins to move across this land and people are cut so deep to the heart that they, they are looking for places to go get healed 
and fixed and trained up, there, there are gonna need to be more churches. We, we won't have room for everyone in this little place. River won't have enough room in their place. Sozo is gonna burst out, they're gonna have to get another building. You know? We each have our own part to play. And I, that's why I do love the book of Ephesians because it encourages me that, that we have been saved by God to do good works that Jesus has prepared for in advance for us to do. So whatever he's given us, whatever he's put before us, that is, that is the work, the ministry. Whether you're a homeschool mom raising children and thank God we don't have to go search for formula right now. I'm glad my kids are, she'd make her own. She'd keep on nursing them until they, anyway, <laughs> she'd make her own. I'm just saying, you know, it doesn't matter what season you're in, God has ministry and works for you to do. The, the number one thing is just the God said is that, what's, what's exactly the scripture? Um, the works of God are this, to know his son and to obey him. Did I say it right? Something like that? Jesus spoke it. So, but that, that's the works of God. The, the chief work is to know Jesus, to be in an intimate relationship with the Lord to know him and obey him. Um, so that's our, that's our challenge. Are we gonna yield ourselves to the spirit of God, to the voice of God and obey him? Or are we going to war with our insides and be double-minded and be pulled this way and that way? That's why it's so much more important for us all the more as the days go forward to put a value on being together with believers, whether it's on a Sunday or a Wednesday or getting together in, in your homes or um, praying with other people, going out for a coffee, whatever it is, we need to, to be able to just continue to network ourselves, build ourselves into that net called the body of Christ because we, we need each other. Tammy and I can't do it alone. You guys can't do it alone. But we need each other. Even if it's just sending a text message randomly or making a phone call, you know, just there's so many ways we can encourage one another. And that's what we all need is encouragement. So you guys good? Are we all good? We're gonna make some room for prayer tonight at the end, but we're gonna go ahead and knock out this last seven verses of Ephesians 1. So if you guys are, are good with it and ready for it, this is a good part. The first half of the chapter really talks about our inheritance and our sonship. And this last half is often people will call it one of Paul's apostolic prayers. And it's all about the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So if you guys are ready, are you ready? You ready, Linda? Ready for the word of God? I know you can do this at home, Jill, but are you ready for what God will give you here in this place? You're here. That's right. So you must be ready. <laughs> All right. Joking aside, let's go forward. I, I would say we have about eight minutes to go through this. That's one minute per scripture. And if we go over a little bit, you guys just start yawning and uh, let me know you're tired and ready to go home. All right. Here we go. Ooh, do you like that effect? Kind of zipped in. I know you missed it. I can show you later. All right. Verse 15. So because of this, and because of everything that we read in the first 14 verses, you'll have to go back and read it because I'm not gonna recap it. Because of this, since I first heard about your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your tender love toward all his devoted ones, my heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you as I constantly remember you in my prayers. You know, Paul as an apostle had the, the heart of a father. He helped birth this church and he was laying into the foundations of this church and he carried the weight and the concerns for the body of Christ in Ephesus. And, and so you can hear it in his prayer for them. But he was rejoicing, you know, when he was seeing the progress and looking over, just like I rejoice when I look at your guys' lives. I, I, Barbara, you know, she's come leaps and bounds in the last year. 
um, from where she began just in the relationship with us. And so it's just, it's so encouraging to see the things that God is doing. And my kids and Ethan and, and Nora specifically, and I include Oscar too, but, but these guys, you know, just have a reignited passion to see the things of God. And it all sparked a few months ago didn't all spark, but, you know, something really kicked in in their hearts to really want to see more of God. And all of the, the stuff, it all affects your countenance. It affects your heart and the way your heart re is revealed through your face. You know, we all have our, our ups and downs, but, but you can see it in your faces when the, the Lord is just moving and doing good things and bringing you through through the trials and through the fires. So Paul, you know, he's rejoicing over the church. He's constantly thinking of them, constantly praying for them. And so this is what he prayed. This is this great apostolic prayer. He said, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I mean, you could pick that verse apart and just chew on it all night long. The fact that, that the Spirit of God has wisdom and revelation for us, and not just a little thimbleful of wisdom, maybe a teaspoonful of revelation. No, it's the riches. Think of a treasure chest that could be popped open and you see all of the, the gold doubloons and the, the gems and all of the, the crowns and the treasures. The, that's what heaven is like, and that's what the Spirit of God is like. He has so much for us. So it's interesting when we look at this that, that Paul refers to the Holy Spirit in these two aspects of, of who he is. The Spirit of, it's not two different spirits he's talking about. In a sense, it's a different spirit, but it's one Holy Spirit being released in two different facets. It's the Spirit of wisdom and the Spirit of revelation. I thought, wow, so we should probably just kind of briefly go into the seven spirits of God, just so that when you come across it in scriptures, maybe someone in the room, maybe some of the youngsters, maybe someone that's an oldster. I don't, I'm not looking at you. <laughs> Where's the mirror? I'll go look at myself. That's right. Whether you're a youngster or an oldster, <laughs> I'll look at the ceiling. Some of us may maybe haven't hit these scriptures, so let's just take a quick look. We have Revelation chapter four and chapter five. It says, from the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Interesting, I thought it was a trinity, not a seven, eight, nine. I don't know what a nine-membered unity would be called. <clears throat> we have a triune God, so we're not gonna you know, edit that. We sang about it tonight, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Um, but the, the scripture tells us that there's seven spirits of God or a sevenfold spirit of God. Verse uh, eight and chapter, verse six actually in chapter five, then I saw the lamb, Jesus, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes. So do we take this all literal or is this like you know, a prophetic picture? I'll let you wrestle with that one seven eyes which are the seven spirits of god sent out into all the earth interesting it's the only place in the new testament where you will see the holy spirit referred to as a sevenfold spirit interpreted different ways in different translations it'll either be the seven spirits or the sevenfold spirit so here's a good old testament scripture to kind of balance it with isaiah 11:2 says and the spirit of the lord shall rest upon him the spirit not the spirits but the spirit of the lord and then it, the prophet says it's the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the lord so that's the seven fold seven aspects seven facets of the holy spirit so some scholars take this possibly to mean that the seven spirits of god are the are the spirit of the lord the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. 
But Paul is taking just two of those and he's praying for the church. He's praying for us. And as we would pray for us tonight, that God would release to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so that we would know him. See, it's not that we would just have wisdom and we would have understanding and revelation. It's also that we would know the mind of the Lord, that we would know the thoughts of God. We would know his heart, that we would be drawn into this intimacy with him that isn't just communication with the air, but it's, it's actually a person. It's actually the one, one of the three members of the Godhead at any moment you and I can interact with. We get to go to Jesus. We get to go to Father God. We get to go to Holy Spirit. And we get to ask them questions and, and receive and hear their voice, the voice of the Lord. So we'll move on. You guys okay? Now that you know there's not just seven spirits of God or anyway, I don't want to confuse everybody here. It's my temptation to just mess with everyone a little bit and joke, but I won't. I'll just kind of leave it as the sevenfold spirit, but it's God in three persons, blessed Trinity. So Paul continued to pray. I pray that the light of God would illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling that is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. That's a pretty powerful scripture. Let's just take a quick look at that first half. So he's praying that the light of God would illuminate the eyes of our imagination. We need the Holy Spirit to light up our minds, light up our imagination that that. I call it the secret place, the inner chamber of your heart, the place where the Holy Spirit resides. We want him to illuminate and to give us light and revelation into the things of God. So not that we would not only know him more, but we would, as the scripture says, be flooded with revelation so that we would know the wealth of God's inheritance. See, there's, there's wealth, there's riches that he's placed inside of each one of us. You may not think of yourself as a treasure chest full of kingdom treasures, but you, you carry treasure from heaven. You are his inheritance, and he's placed a deposit in you of his treasure, of his kingdom. And hopefully we will, we will get a reward for that deposit. We will multiply that deposit. We will put it to use. But that's all the more why we need to think of these scriptures and, and hear the call of God to press into intimacy with him and, and ask him to reveal, ask him to show us, ask him to, to give us wisdom and revelation and insight. You guys good? It's so mellow in here right now. I just want to hurry up and be done now. No, <laughs> I'm okay. But it is 801. So I already went over the eight minutes, which I knew was going to happen anyway. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. So God's heart and Paul's prayer is that we would experience the greatness, the immeasurable greatness of the power of God that is at work inside of us through the Holy Spirit. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead. So just think about it, guys. You and I have the same power that brought our Lord Jesus back from the grave, back to life. Resurrection power. The power to bring dead people to life is living inside of you. You might feel like you just have just a tiny little deposit, just a, a golden seed of his presence inside of you. But God wants to unfold his power and his nature inside of us. He wants to release it. He wants to permeate your entire being with his glory, with his light, with his resurrection power. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted as first 
above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is to come. And I just want to encourage us with the scriptures tonight, with that verse, that everything that we are seeing in this world right now, everything that we are, whether you find your secret channels of information through the dark web, hopefully you don't go there. I don't even know what the dark web is. <clears throat> Looks like David might, I don't know. I don't know anything about the dark web. My son may, he's kind of one of those guys that knows things that surprise me. And I'm like, whoa, you know about that? Um, if you, you know, if you listen to the not so mainstream media news to find truth, which is probably what most of us in this room do, or whatever, whatever you do, whatever source of information is coming across our screens on a daily, hourly, minute by minute basis, no matter what it is that seems dark and scary and negative, Jesus is supreme. Jesus is, he's the king of the earth. He is going to come and he's going to make all the wrong things right. And even before he comes in his fullness, he is at work now and we have hope. We have hope that he is working and, and maneuvering and orchestrating his people throughout the earth. And he's even working on people that don't know him. So if our minds and eyes of our hearts could just get a glimpse of what was going on in the unseen realm, unseen realm, we would probably be so blown away that we might just want to kick back and make some popcorn and watch the movie. But I think there's more to it than that. I think we have work to do. Jesus said that we are to occupy until he returns. So we have to equip ourselves. We have to come into that continual revelation and growth of who we are in Christ, the gifts that he's given us, the works and ministry that he's called each one of us to placing priorities in our lives and balance in, in different areas with our schedules to make room for him to be first place. All of that stuff has to happen because he has things for us to accomplish. He doesn't want us just to hide in a, in a secret chamber and pray for the rapture. And as the darkness outside the doors of the church get darker and darker until they come pounding on the door to cut our heads off because we don't want to take the mark of the beast. You know, I mean, there are, I hate to say it, but there are Christians that live that way. They, they want to hide in the church and just pray, your kingdom come. Please, Lord, hurry back. Rescue us out of here. I'm ready to die. I'm ready to go be with you. Well, he's like, I know that you want to be with me, but that's got a little tad bit of selfishness in that because what you're saying is you don't really want to take my power and authority I've given you and watch me work through you to undo the works of darkness and to shift the atmosphere of darkness over your life, your family, your neighborhood, wherever you go. Honestly, I think a lot of Christians just don't know. They don't know that that's what's available. They just feel like we got to hold on, hold fast until Jesus returns and just bite our tongue and fake it till you make it. But he has so much for us. And I think you guys already know this. He has adventures for us. He has people at the barber shop that he wants you, Barbara, no, you don't have to go to the barber shop, wherever you guys go. He's got adventures for you to step into. He has conversations. I just, I pray even right now that, that God would highlight each one of us, your woman, your man of peace, that he wants to bring into your path. Maybe it's going to be, you know, a woman. Now, I caution the men, if it's a woman who God puts in your path, just make sure there's other people around. Okay, we don't spend time counseling the opposite sex in private. Amen? Amen? Did you know that? <laughs> well, this is a word of advice. <clears throat> you only do what the Lord tells you to do, right? Um, but there's wisdom, the spirit of wisdom in Revelation would say, keep things out in the open where there is no hint of something Im improper or impure going on. Um, we want to we want to keep it in the light. And so it's always recommended that men don't counsel women alone. Like pastors should never have a woman in his office with the door closed. They should always have a door wide open. And I would say his wife should be next to him counseling. In fact, it's better if the wife does the counseling. 
I'm just saying. And same with women. You should not spend alone time with a, with a man that's not your spouse unless you're going to get married to him. You know, I don't know why I'm looking at you guys. You're already married. But Nora, take note. Don't spend time alone with a man unless you're going to marry him. And if you are going to spend time with the opposite sex, just make sure there's other people around that people can see. Like, personally, I will never take a woman alone in my car that's not my wife unless I have other people with me. Okay? It's just wise. I used to be challenged with that when I did youth ministry. Young girls say, can you give me a ride here or there? And I'm like, I can't unless I got other people that are going to come with us. And you'll probably be sitting in the back seat with some of the girls and I have one of the boys sit up in the front. These days, you can't even have a boy in your car, another male in your car or someone could think something to you. So I don't know, just bring the third person. Just always have a third person. Can I get a witness? Okay, let's finish this off. We're gonna finish with this. And this is gonna be the mind twister of this scripture. No, I'm not gonna twist the scripture, but the Passion Translation brought something out in this verse. And I remember reading this a while back and Amy Christians, Amy Christensen, Amy Burroughs, Amy Christensen Burroughs, that was her maiden name, um, looked at me sideways and I'm like, yeah, I know, I just read it and I don't even know what I read. So the Passion Translation, this is what he said, and we'll get to it in verse 23. And he alone, Jesus, is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. So take notes, if you need something, he is your source. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And here we go, wrap your brain around this, pray through it, pray in tongues. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth and that which fills him who is being filled by it. <laughs> did, your brain, did your brain just blow up? Okay, now, now don't read the stuff below yet because the first part's the footnotes. Okay, so take it one part at a time. This first part's talking about us. It's actually all talking about us. Now we, his church, are his body on the earth. Okay, we got that, right? I'm his body. You might be a foot or a toe or a finger. Don't be the armpit because, you know. We are his body on the earth and uh, still talking about us and we are that which fills him who is being filled by it. And I thought, okay, wait a minute. I don't remember reading that in other versions. So look, before we go down to the ESV, just look at the footnote. So this is what Brian Simmons is saying. He says, that is, as we are those who are filled or completed by Christ, we also complete or fill him. What a wonderful and humbling mystery that is revealed by this verse. Okay, now I, read the footnotes, I was looking through this, and I was like, okay, let me go to some other versions, um, the NIV. So I picked the ESV. The English Standard Version, I think, is the most accurate word-for-word -word translation in English that you can get today. Maybe there's others, but uh, the ESV is, is very accurate when it's word-for-word -word translated. And they, in the ESV, say, he put all things under his feet. Okay, so the Father put all things under Jesus' feet. He gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I don't know. You guys just wrestle with this on your own. In the, I would always read this in the past and say, okay, so we're the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So I always thought, so it's the fullness of him that is filling all of us. But the author of the Passion Translation is saying, actually, this scripture is very interesting because not only does he fill us we are his body if you look in the esv which is his body speaking of us the fullness of him who fills all in all i don't know is this worth going on and on through you know it does it challenge your theology is it heresy i don't think it's heresy i personally um, i love the passion translation i chose to use it as a as a tour through not only the book of Ephesians, but also the book of Hebrews, the letter to, of Hebrews. Um, and oftentimes I found things that I don't quite agree with, and I think that's okay. The Passion Translation is not like an authorized word-for-word -word translation of the Bible. It's uh, more of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like the message translation, a paraphrase. 
not quite a paraphrase, but in some places. You know, obviously Ryan Simmons um, is a well-respected teacher in the body of Christ, a very prophetic, anointed teacher. And the Passion Translation is awesome. I mean, it has some things in it that have brought life and meaning to some scriptures that never had spoken to me the way they have through this version in the past. So I, I, I love it. And I think it's okay to be like, eh, don't quite like the way the Passion says that. I'm going to kind of lean more into the NIV or the ESV. You guys good with that? Okay, good. Whew. I'm glad I don't want to scare the last handful of people out the door here and never come back. <laughs> I don't know. They use that Passion Translation there. Did you guys know that when Brian Simmons, uh, he, he's invited to the church in Fife, New Horizon Church, pretty much every year, um, different times. And when, when he was there, when we went to the conference for Judah Arise, he made a mention that this was the first church that he had ever come to where he got a death threat. So there are, there are King James only people in the world and they will be even stirred as much to wanna to kill somebody if they think that they are bringing something into the body of Christ that is poison, especially if it's not the King James that they're leaning towards, but if they're trying to push another version. Because, you know, if the King James version was good enough for Paul, it's good enough for us. You can love the King James, but if, if you're so stuck on the King James and you think that every other translation is... That's true. That's true. So, all right. So we're gonna, we're gonna uh, why don't we stand? And we're gonna pray and we'll be done officially. Um, I would love to hear your guys' feedback on that verse. Maybe even spend some time looking at it. If you're, if you're one of those guys that likes to get into the Hebrew, or you know, this is not the Hebrew, it'd be the Greek. You wanna go into the Blue Letter Bible and just kind of read through it and look at some commentaries and stuff. If, if it's really messing with your head, maybe I just need to do that for myself. I think it's an interesting scripture. I do. I, I am very, so just so you guys can take a little bit of peace about, about something like that, I am one of these guys that is very cautious about heresy. I have heard things in the body of Christ spoken in the last several years. Um, people, teachers in our stream, not from Bethel, but people that flow alongside the Bethel stream. You know, you got these you got these rivers, these streams, these uh, church relationship connection streams, right? And we're all in these canoes. And, you know, there's a lot of us that are in the Bethel stream. We're like, yes, we love Bill Johnson. We love Chris Ballatin. And then there's some other ones that are kind of like right along the side, but they're not quite in the stream. They have some ideas of their own that they want to kind of poke over into the Bethel stream and flood these different theologies in. Theologies like we are in Christ, right? That's true. But because you are in Christ, they would say, we are included in the Trinity. That's called inclusion theology or Trinitarian. I thought, well, a Trinitarian is someone that believes in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But no, a Trinitarian theology is when you get saved, you are now a part of the Godhead. And some will go as far as saying, not only is he God, but because you are in the Godhead, you now are God as well. I can't embrace that. So if it's ruining your day that I'm bringing this up, I'm sorry, you can let me know. Sign your letter of resignation, <laughs> email it, text it. <laughs> so there's that one. So there's the inclusion thing. And then there's the, the theology that says um, there is no hell, that everybody is already saved. It's called, um, well, some would call it Christian universalism there's some other names for it, but that Jesus died for the whole world, which we know he did. He, he bore the sins of the whole world, the whole entire world from Adam to the very last human being to ever be born. He carried the weight of the sins of the whole world in his body on the cross. We know that, but they will take it further. They will say, not only did he die 
and, and bear the sins and was buried and resurrected, that we were all, every human being ever existed, also was raised with him, and we are all already in Christ. So now they would say Christ is already in all. That you don't need to get saved. There is no us and them. Everyone's already saved, just some don't really know it yet. <laughs> hey, there's even ideas about, you know, the, the demonic realm, if it's even actually still in power. I don't know. I don't get it, but it's in the church, okay? Paul dealt with this stuff. He gave warnings throughout the scriptures to different leaders in the body of Christ to beware of this person or that person because they, you know, they believe, they hold on to these teachings, these false teachings. I'm just throwing that out there as a last minute thing because that scripture was a little bit like something to wrestle through, but I think it's actually pretty simple what, what Brian Simmons is saying. That not only does Jesus fill us, but we are his body and we fill him. We complete him in a, in a sense. Now he doesn't need anything because he's God, but this is just part of the plan of God. Just like I would have been fine as a single man, right? Probably not, but God knew that I needed God blasphemy. God knew that I needed a wife, someone not, she's not just my helper, like I'm her helper, not I'm her catcher. No. He knew that, that there was something powerful that would happen when we would join our lives together and become one. So I, I would still be just as valued, just as important, just as legitimate in the eyes of God by myself as I am married in one flesh with a woman. Okay, but there's something, there's a completion that happens when a husband and wife come together. And so I, I think in the same sense, when, when we surrender our lives to Jesus and we become one with him, we, are, we become a part of his body. We fill the body of Christ. We, we bring it into more completion, more fullness. Does that help? Let's pray. <laughs> Tammy, you want to pray? <laughs> oh, gosh, okay, yeah. Uh, Father, we just, we love you, and we thank you that we get to gather together and worship you. God, just bring, with your spirit, revelation to us, Father, and wisdom. Father, our eyes are always fixed on you, God. God, I pray for encounters for each person in here this week, and God, that they would have opportunity to bring someone into an encounter with you. Bring their man of peace, their woman of peace, Father. We just praise you, God. Amen. All right, so we'll officially dismiss it, but if you want some prayer, you need some extra prayer, just come up here, and we will pray.